John 14, 16. <clears throat> Back where we were. Let's read that. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, that he may be with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be, will be, he's not right now, but he will be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. If you remember, all of this came out of Galatians, where we discovered that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we came to realize we're not obligated to the law, we're not obligated to the list, we're not obligated to uh, a, a rules. We are connected by life to the living God. And the Holy Spirit is the means by which we live out in that relationship. And then we talked about several things, practical things that the Holy Spirit does. This is the first one we talked about. I thought we'd be through with this right by now, but we're going to be here one more time anyway. But I do want to tie it back. I want to keep bringing it back to how this relates to freedom. Okay? How does knowing him as the comforter relate and apply to me being free? And it goes like this. As I learn to receive my comfort from the Holy Spirit who lives within me, and wherever I go, he is. He says, he will be with you forever. Not just when you're doing good, not just when you're tracking, I will be with you forever. So wherever, whenever I go, he is there in me. And so if I can learn to draw comfort from him who is always with me, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, regardless of what relationship I'm in, if I can learn to draw that freedom, that comfort from him, that enables me to walk in freedom. Think about the freedom that comes in that. Otherwise, if that's not the case, if I don't know how to draw that comfort from the Holy Spirit in every situation that I'm in, then when discomfort comes or stress comes, I'm going to be seeking comfort from other sources instead of seeking it from him. And those other sources will not only become distractions because rather than giving time and energy and focus to seek comfort from him, I'm giving time, energy, and focus to seek comfort from this other thing. 
So I am distracted from drawing comfort from the Holy Spirit. And not only is it a distraction, but because I give myself to this, this now becomes another bondage which Christ has set me free from all that stuff. So instead of walking in the awareness of his comfort, I'm seeking comfort somewhere else, and that itself puts me back into bondage. And we talked about this before. For instance, maybe it's, maybe it's alcohol, okay? We'll just take that one for an instance. And, and we have a difficulty drawing our comfort from the Father who lives inside of us. And so whenever this distress comes or this anxiety or this discomfort comes, I need some relief, I need some comfort, and we find it in alcohol. And it dumbs, it does dumb, it numbs and dumbs the senses so that I think that's some comfort. But the truth of the matter is we become in bondage to that. And the freedom that which Christ has set us free for has escaped us. So that's the relevance of how it keeps us in, in walking in that freedom. Now, let me explain this to you. Words, and Karis, I cannot believe you shared that this morning. I've, all week long, I've been on this thing. Uh, and, and we're going to have a whole lot more about it. So I'm sorry. Words express a reality to be realized. I'll explain that in a minute. Words express a reality. The words themselves are not the reality. Okay? If I say to you, if I just repeat what Jesus says here, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter and he'll be with you forever and he'll be in you. That expresses a reality that can be realized. But just because I agree with that and I say, yes, that's true and yes, that's accurate, I may never realize personally the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And we, we Christianity is so in, 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 saturated with this Mistaken understanding that the more information I have, the more reality I have. No, the more information I have, the more potential I may have for reality. But just because I have my facts down doesn't mean I'm experiencing that reality. Every one of us here, being the good Christians that we are, because we believe the Bible, we would agree that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. But then we have to ask ourselves, am I experiencing that comfort from him? That's the reality that God has for us. He not only wants us to agree with that, he wants us to experience the reality of his comfort. Does that make sense to you? And we have a tendency to just, I got the facts. I mean, remember the old show Dragnet, just the facts, ma'am. Well, listen. Just the facts will not bring about reality. It's reality is behind the expression of the words. So how then do I touch 
the comforter. He tells me he's the comforter. He tells me he's in me. He tells me he's with me forever. Then how do I touch him? How do I, how does that become real to me to where he is in actuality my comfort and not just information? Our approach to the Christian life so many times is, okay, I've got the facts. Now I have to, okay, he's a comforter, he's a comforter. And I have to talk myself into that being real. And even that's an illusion. But how can I touch the comforter? How can I experience him and him be that comfort to me that he promises he will be? So that regardless of what circumstance I'm in, regardless of how much confusion there is around me, regardless of how much uh, chaos there is around me, I know a place to go and have comfort without a doubt right here. How do I touch that? How do I learn to live in that? All right. There's a chapter in Psalms that does a great job of expressing this. And uh, it's, we're going to go there in a minute. It's Psalms 46. If you want to look it up or she's going to have it up here. Uh, at, a, at, at go. It's Psalms 46, 1 through 11. Here's the first thing. Here's the, here's the first choice I make. I'm in this situation. Now, let me explain something to you. They used to have an old saying. And says, uh, you shut the gate after the calf was out. Meaning, it was a little late. I mean, the calf's gone, and now you're going to run out there and shut the gate. If you'd have shut it before, the calf wouldn't be out. Well, let me explain something to you. Don't wait for the chaos to come to do this. Okay? Don't wait for the wheels to come off. Oh, now what did he say about that comfort stuff? Don't wait till then. Do it. When things are smooth, do it when things are good and become accustomed to it and learn to do it so that whenever the wheels come off, whenever things get out of your control, you're not controlling anything. But whenever you realize that you're not controlling anything, then you know where to go and you have experienced it going there. You know how to go there. Okay? What's the first thing? Be Still. Stop. Quit striving. Being still indicates I'm through. I'm through. Or at least I want to be through. I am letting go and trusting you at least for this moment. That's a start. And if you don't start, you'll never finish. Being still is a conscious choice. It is not an emotion. If you wait for the circumstances to change and for the stars to align and all of the ducks to get in a row and for everyone to do what you're wanting them to do to experience stillness, you will never be still. Be still. 
is a choice. When you're finally tired of being distressed and uncomfortable, stop. When you realize there's nothing you can do to fix it, And it's always better to realize that sooner than later. We always, we we have a tendency to realize that after we've exhausted all of our strength in trying to fix it. But when we realize there's nothing we can do to fix it, stop. As long as we feel justified, as long as we feel entitled to our anger, to our worry, to our angst, to our frustration, we won't stop. I'm ju- I, 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 I need to be upset. Well, if you want to be upset, you just have at it. But when you get tired of being upset and tired of being angry and tired of being frustrated, stop. As long as we believe that my discomfort is someone else's fault. We will continue to feel helpless in being still. As long as we believe this discomfort is due solely to external circumstances and conditions, we will remain a victim. And that's what that is. A victim is someone that It just happens to me, and there's nothing I can do about it. And the truth of the matter is, there is nothing we can do about the situation. But there is something we can do about the discomfort that we feel, the angst that we have. And the first thing to do is be still. Listen, this is maybe the most profound thing you're going to hear all week. As long as I keep doing what I'm doing, I will keep doing what I'm doing. Have you noticed that to be true? As long as I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. The first thing to do is stop doing what you're doing. And and, and this is a very practical thing that you might not realize When you stop, breathe. You would be amazed whenever tension and discomfort comes, how long you could hold your breath. Remember, we're going to date everybody here now. Remember Lloyd Bridges and Mike Nelson in the sea hunt? It was a show about a scuba diver. The story is that guy didn't know Sikkim from come here about scuba diving, but he was an actor, and somebody said, there's the tank, there's the mask, figure it out. In the movie, in the show, it was a series, he held his breath. He, he worked at holding his breath. We could beat him. We hold our breath for days. We don't think we do. We don't realize we do. And, it, and if you're like Joni, she's got this Apple Watch And sometimes it just says, breathe, breathe, just just breathe. I mean, sometimes it wakes her up at night, breathe. It's hard to focus when your brain is missing oxygen. 
So just something practical. Be still. Focus on, okay, just breathe. Just breathe. You'll be amazed at how much good that will do you. Now look with me in Psalms 46. I want us to go through there. First of all, I want us to just look at, at uh, verse 10. That's the one we're talking about. He says, be still, cease striving, quit, stop, and know that I am God. Now, let me explain something to you. You probably will not recognize him as God until you stop. Because until then, we think we're God. We think we can fix it. We think we can straighten it out. We think we can handle it. We think we can endure all of this. Stop. And then know God is here. He is God. I'm not God. He is God. Be still and know that he is God. Eliminate as many distractions as possible. Things that are just common, noise, activity. Listen, if you will practice this, pretty soon you can do it in a crowd. You can do it in a dentist chair. You can do it in any environment. But starting off, we're so easily given to distractions that when distractions come, we give ourselves to them. And so learning to eliminate distractions in being still is a skill. It's, uh, it's learned. It's learning that you can get by without it. It's learning that you can get by without having to run do this right now and run fix this right now and run straighten this out right now. The world will go on without you. That's hard to believe. Be still. Eliminate as many distractions as possible. Be still. Cease striving and know that I am God. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing, and this is important. Give him your attention. Okay? Give him your attention. Be still. And that stillness eliminates some of the distractions. You know what distractions do? It pulls your attention away. Okay? It, you're, now you're attended to this. You're attentive to that. You're attentive to this. Your attention is here. Now, Learn to be still and give him your attention. Now, where is he at in order to give him your attention? Right here. Right here. Turn your attention here. This is where he lives if you are a child of God. You think, oh, you're being picky. Now, listen, anytime I think he's there, I think of Boy, what a gap I've got to fill to get to him. And there could be a lot of things that hinder it getting there. Maybe I really didn't mean it. Maybe I didn't ask in faith. Maybe I didn't claim it. Maybe all this stuff, well, you know, God, you're not, all this stuff. And then 
to expect something to get back through all that to get here. All the things that could stand in the way. He's here. He didn't come here for no reason. He came here to be intimate, personal, relevant, and present. It's not that God ignores you if I look up here. It's I'm going to have trouble staying focused on him. It's always about him helping me. Turn my focus to where he lives. Acknowledge his presence. Look at what he says. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. He's with us. He's right here. Okay? Turn your attention to him. Now, at this point in time, if you need to talk it out, do so. I mean, if you just feel like you can't be still till you get it off your chest, and you just feel like you can't be still till you get it out, don't go to your wife to do that. Don't go to your husband to do that. Don't go to your neighbor to do that. First, go to the Father and vent. Tell him, unload. Give him your wonderful perspective of how things are. He is waiting with abated breath to figure out what to do. No, I'm joking. But don't be afraid to give him your perspective. Be honest with him. Tell him how it hurts. Tell him how you're disappointed. Tell him how this person, that you feel like this person has let you down. Tell him that you're angered. Tell him that your suspicions, of your suspicions, tell him you're fearful. Tell him your theories. All those things, remember, all those things you told yourself in the shower? All those things you talked out at the kitchen sink? All those things you, well, they did this. That's why they did this. This is why, and this is how that's going. This, I know what's going to happen. And if they were here, I'd, all those things that you rehearse. And nurse, tell him. Tell him what it is. Be honest. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. This last exodus of people leaving the church really, really hit me this time. And come to find out, when COVID hit, 25 to 45% of church attendance dropped worldwide. But I took it in here. And for the first time, I got afraid. And I kept thinking, Father, why? Why am I why is it why am I carrying this thing? Why is it so so personal to me now? And finally, one day, I got alone with the Lord, and he said, you're scared of how it's going to affect you financially. And it took me back 
that's, that's never been an issue. But it was the truth. And I had to be honest with the Father. Father, you're right about that. I am concerned that people leaving, how am I going to live? And it was in that context where the Lord reminded me, he said, I said I would take care of you. And I showed you that I would take care of you. That's enough. And it just, it was gone. There was a release was there. Be honest with him. Tell him. Get it all out there. And listen, everything you say might be accurate. Everything that you tell him might be true. But what you'll find when it's all done, you still don't have comfort. Because comfort is not found in facts. Comfort is found in the reality of the comforter and his presence and his perspective. And that's usually where we stop. Whew, I feel better. But don't stop there. Don't quit. Listen, God wants you to talk to him, but his world doesn't revolve around you telling him your perspective. He knows that comfort will only come as we receive his perspective. Here's the third thing. Now remind yourself of what he has already said and done. You've, you've unloaded. Boy, you've laid it out there. Now go back, be still, and remind yourself of all that he's done. Listen, the context <clears throat> of cease striving and know that I am God in verse 10 is verse 1. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth shall change, though the mountains slip in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, so that relationship that I had goes south, so that circumstance that I was anticipating being a certain way is not going to be that way. I will not fear. And he says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. John 7, Jesus said, just as Scripture said, and he, he doesn't tell us which Scripture, I think it's this one. I think it's this one he's referring to. Because over there he says, just as Scripture said, he who believes in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Where is this stream that makes glad the city of God? The holy, it is in the holy dwelling place of the Most High. Where does he dwell? He dwells here. From there comes a stream that makes me glad when I'm in that stream. 
And when I'm not consumed with the mountains moving and the earth changing and the waters roaring, when I'm not consumed with that, and I remind myself that he is my refuge, he is my strength, he is a very present help in time of trouble. Remind yourself of that. Tell yourself that. Tell yourself the things he has done. Tell the self the things he has revealed to you. He goes on. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. In that chapter, later on in chapter, I believe it's chapter 16, Jesus explains why he told the disciples all this stuff. He say, I'm going to tell you all this stuff so you can work miracles. I'm going to tell you all this stuff so that you'll impact the whole world. He said, I am telling you this stuff so that your joy may be made full and that my joy may be in you. There is a stream that flows out of my innermost being that when I live in the awareness of that, it produces joy in my heart while the mountains shake, while the earth move, while the river war roars. But it comes from here. It doesn't come from out here. I stilled my heart as best I can. I've stilled myself. I've listened. I, I mean, I've unloaded. I've told him everything I know to tell him. I reminded myself of all the things that he's done. Here's the next thing. Listen. Listen. Well, I try to listen, but there's these distractions come. Watch. Now you can say to them, <clears throat> not now. You had your turn. Just just sit over to the side and, and be patient. When I get through here, maybe I'll give you an attention, but not now. You had your turn. You've been working me over all week. You've been beating me to death with all this stuff. Now it's your turn to sit over there because I'm going to sit here and be still in his presence and listen. Listen. Now here's something you'll, that will surprise you. He just might bring you comfort without ever saying a word. Is that okay? Is that okay if God does something and doesn't fill you in on it? Or explain to you why he's doing it? God does things sometimes and we get bent out of shit. Well, I don't know what he was doing. It doesn't matter if you know. Just let him do it. And if he wants to comfort you with his presence, comfort you with his, his love, comfort you with his assurance, and never explain to you what he's doing, that's okay. Did you come for comfort or did you come for an explanation? Well, I was hoping for an explanation. Well, good luck with that. He might just comfort you and never tell you a word, never say a word to you. You might ask, well, Father, what is your perspective about this? The deal with me, with the money, <clears throat> Lord, what's your perspective? Well, his perspective was, I told you I'd take care of you. 
and I showed you I'd take care of you. And he reminded me this morning as I was reading this chapter, two chapters later, I underlined this July of 2013. And I underlined this, and here's what it says. Our God forever and ever will guide us until death. I had written that down back then. I had forgotten it. But boy, I don't think I didn't tell myself that this morning. Wait a minute. You said you would guide us forever. I can rest in that. I can rest in that. What is your perspective? I told you I'd take care of you, and I showed you I'd take care of you. What do you want to be to me during this time? Every one of these situations is an opportunity for the Father to reveal something fresh about himself. Don't fall into that I know trap. I know. I know God loves me. Yeah, I know God. That indicates we're holding on to the words and have never experienced the reality. I know God loves me. Yeah, I know God loves me. Anybody tells me that, I'm saying, if you ever experience that, you'll never use that phrase again. It'll be, boy, God loves me, and he keeps showing me how he loves me. I'm aware of his love. The Holy Spirit comes as a comforter. But I may not be able to receive it as long as I cling to my perspective. I am right. Well, if you like being right more than you like being comforted, go for it. If your being right brings you comfort, well, they were wrong. They may have been. Does that bring comfort to you? You keep rehearsing it. You keep telling everybody, you know what they did to me? They were wrong. Now, I'm not gossiping. I'm sharing. We don't gossip. We share. Well, but that's not what I deserve. I deserved Boy, be glad you don't get what you deserve. Be glad none of us get what we deserve. And then here's the fifth thing. Worship him. Then just haul off and worship him. Give him thanks. Didn't say feel thankful. I said give thanks. Thank you, Father, that you've got this. Thank you that you've shown me you've taken care of me. You said you would. You told me you would, and you have done it. Thank you for that. Thank you for being so good to me. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Twice he says that. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and let that become reality to you. Praise him, thank him, worship him, rejoice in him. And here's the sixth thing. 
Repeat often. Repeat often. Do that often. Do that till it becomes second nature to you or first nature. Or when it comes, the first place you know to go, I'm going right here. Let him comfort me. These are just comforting times. The last, when did all this mess start? 19? It, it just, you think it can't get any worse. Well, wake up and turn on the news. It just got worse. And if your comfort is in hoping it all gets squared away, I want to tell you something. A Republican president ain't going to fix this mess. Only the Father can change this. But he can change me. He can comfort me in the middle of it. If I learn where he lives and I learn to touch the comforter, he brings peace and comfort to my soul to where I can honestly say it is hell out there, but it is well in here. It is well with my soul. Father, how faithful you are. Work in us where we let you be to us who you say we are. You are. That comfort is real. Draw us to you. Bless you, Father. Any questions? Anything you want to add? Thank you, bud. Peace I give with you. I leave with you my perfect, perfect peace. I give to you not as the world gives you, do I give to you? Do not let, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every, for every challenge. John fourteen twenty seven. Good stuff, isn't it? One of the things we talked about in home group this week was rec- being able to recognize that as we are comforted and as we allow him to comfort us, don't mistake that, that we're supposed to be comfortable. That's right. You know, and I think that's a great reminder that because the more, the more uncomfortable we are, the more our reliance grows. And so I think, I think that's just a pivotal thought, you know, because we in our walk with the Lord, we, everything keeps, seems like it's going great. Mm-hmm. And when you get your ducks in a row, the enemy knows how to attack that's you. Right. So I just want to encourage everybody, let him comfort you. Don't get comfortable. That's right. Yeah. 
You get comfortable, you get complacent. All right. Oh. No, I just want to say when I read this scripture, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Okay. But I read it another way. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that brought me to a That's good. Place. That's good. What's our purpose? Is our purpose for him to be exalted? Or is our purpose for us to be exalted? Comfortable. Well, Micah, what say you for the person who listens to this sermon and is going down the steps and the part where it says, now release it, tell the Father. And they're just like, no. I want to hold on to it a little bit longer. I want to still be angry. Um, I guess two questions is, what do you say to that person for the person that's around them? Like if it's someone I really truly cared about, you know, and I love them, um, but you see them struggling and wanting to hold on to that stuff longer. My question then is, what makes me think I can say something to change them? Am I trying to fix it? People have to live with the barrenness of their own soul. We hate to see them discomfort. We hate to see them hurt. God hates it more than I do. And he lets them do it. And it's always that choice. And like I said, whenever I get to the point that I'm at all the distress I want, then I'll stop. But if I'm not there... Unless God makes clear, clear revelation what to say, I wouldn't say anything. Because a lot of times my motive is to relieve the discomfort that the Holy Spirit has brought to bring them to an end of themselves. And we're wanting to bail them out when he's got them right where he wants them. And so it's, you just have to be real sensitive to the Father and, and the older you get, hopefully, the more you realize that you just have to let that play out. Okay? Yeah, as a parent, especially. As a parent. All right. See you next week. No, I'm not here next week. I'm on a motorcycle ride next week. Question?